Hello and welcome to the Unleash Pain Freedom Podcast. I am your host, Katie Sutton, and I am a rehabilitation specialist and master neuro coach specializing in pain specifically. 100% of us experience pain at some point in our lives, yet we are not told what pain is, why we have it, or how to navigate through it. Without this vital information, it keeps us stuck in the vicious pain cycle. This is where I come in. My job is to educate and inform you about all things pain so you can feel empowered to know how to navigate pain when it comes about. This is how you break the cycle and reclaim your life from pain. Without further ado, let's go ahead and start breaking out of the pain cycle today. This episode is going to be diving into the emotional aspect of pain and explaining the second part of the psychological pain bubble. So if you are unfamiliar with the concept of the psychological pain bubble, highly recommend that you go and check out the previous episode where I dive into the mental part of the psychological pain bubble and how important it is to understand pain from a mental side because I explain how the brain works when it comes to pain and how pain gets wired to become a pain pathway that ultimately leads us to operate our life being stuck in the vicious pain cycle. So this is a series that I'm kicking off to explain pain in a biopsychosocial way. And if you are unfamiliar with this term, definitely go check out the episode Pain Explained. That's where I explain what pain is, why we have it, and how to navigate through it to get to the source of it using the biopsychosocial method. And that will give you a really quick crash course to keep up with it because all of these episodes are going to be building on top of each other. And this is the best way that I have found to explain pain because all three of these different components are always going to be interacting with each other and altering pain to be really high and intense one day or really low and controlled another day. So if we can understand these terms, that is how we start to take our power back. That's how we start to break the vicious cycle. That's how we really start to get relief. So it all starts with the psychological part of it I feel like that was like the very first place to go to explain it because it starts to build up from there so this is part two going into the emotional side following the mental side of pain which is in the previous episode again go check that out if you haven't already because the things that I'm going to be explaining in this episode will make a lot more sense if you know the knowledge and the experiences that I have shared in the previous two episodes so for today and what I'm going to be sharing with you is I'm just going to do a quick mental pain overview because it's just going to piggyback off of the previous episode that I did. So if you want more information, definitely go check out the full episode, but I'm just going to give you a quick overview of that one. That way it can lead into the emotional side of it because they do play a very, very critical role with each other when it comes to pain and the brain and the nervous system and the whole cycle that can keep us stuck sometimes. Then I'm going to go into 
pain volume factors and what different things contribute to pain and things to keep an eye on. Then I'm going to explain the emotional cycle and how it plays a role with our emotions and our nervous system, our body, and our pain. And then I'm going to explain the link between emotional and physical pain. And this is just a huge, huge game changer right here. So without further ado, let's just go ahead. Let's dive on into this emotional aspect when it comes to pain. So quick overview of the mental side of pain. In the last episode, I explained that pain starts in the brain. And when it comes to creating a pain pathway on how your subconscious is wired and therefore having you operate in the vicious pain cycle and being stuck in pain, it is wired through thoughts and emotion. A thought is going to trigger an emotion and an emotion paired with a thought that is repeated over and over again is going to be stored as very important information and then it starts to be programmed into your subconscious. So that is how your pain pathway starts to really get developed is through repetition. I use the example of my body's broken and I feel depressed. So if I'm repeating the thought, my body's broken, I'm depressed. My body's broken, I feel depressed. My body's broken, I feel depressed. Your body and your brain are going to store that as important information because you're repeating it so often. So that becomes a subconscious programming that your brain and your body and your pain are operating from. So that can keep you stuck in the vicious pain cycle. So it's important information to understand this because when we tackle our thoughts and our emotions, we can change the behaviors and how our body and our nervous system and our pain Responds when it comes to our situations that we're going through in life. So when the thoughts and the emotions are repeated over and over again and they are repeated enough times, they become very intertwined and braided together. And so when they are braided together, that means that it's a strong, strong network. It's a strong pathway. It's a strong belief that is basically encoded in you right now. And when we are trying to rewire and desensitize the nervous system and the brain, it's important to split up thoughts and emotions because a lot of the times most people just go after the thoughts and you're just being told to just think more positively. And I don't know about you, but I've done that and I did those affirmations and they didn't work. I honestly thought it was like, a load of crap because they were not working. Well, the reason that they were not working is because I was changing the thought, but I wasn't changing the emotion behind it. I could tell myself all the time, oh, I'm going to get better. I'm going to be able to go back into martial arts and my body's going to respond. And I could tell myself that every single day, but if I didn't fully feel that on an emotional level and instead of feeling very confident and hopeful and optimistic, deep inside, I was feeling sense of doubt and frustration and again like it was a load of crap well this is because I was only trying to work on one aspect on how the brain was wired and affirmations do work however you got to work with the emotional part too because when you separate and 
take those different strands from the braided part of it and you work on both of those, then that makes the rewiring process so much easier. When you're able to take away that emotional meaning and that emotional charge behind that thought or belief that you want to continue thinking or believing, it is going to make your life so, 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 so much easier. And you will be able to actually work with the processes of your brain and your body. That way they get to work for you instead of working against you. Because I don't know about you, because I, I, I want the path of least resistance. That's what I want. I want the path of least resistance. I want to get there quicker and I want to get there faster and more effectively. So if this is something that you're wanting, like keep listening, keep listening. And this is going to dive into the emotional part of it. So leading into the pain volume factor. So there's going to be a few things that are going to always alter and have an influence when it comes to your pain volume. And what I mean by pain volume is how intense it is, how loud it is, like in your body. Is it excruciating like on a 1 to 10 scale, 10 being the most intense, to like a 1 where it's very minimal, you don't really notice it, it's barely there type of thing. So the main volume factor is going to be what you focus your attention on. So this is going to be what your thoughts are being consisted of, what you're believing about your body, your pain, yourself, your capabilities, all of those different things. So the reason why I bring this up is because it is taking that from the mental part of it on how your brain is wiring. And so it comes from thoughts. And when it comes to the mind, the language of the mind are going to be thoughts. And if we are focusing all of our attention on pain specifically, we're going to have those thoughts pop up everywhere being like, oh my gosh, my pain is kicking on. I can never get away from pain. My body's broken. I'll never get better. This is hopeless. Nothing's working for me. You kind of get the idea. So when we have those thoughts that are repeated over and over and over again, a thought is going to trigger an emotion. And again, this has been shown through brain scan studies through neuroscience. A thought is going to trigger an emotion even just milliseconds before you notice the emotion. And so that is going to lead into the second pain factor, which is your mood and your emotions become highly affected because those thoughts are going to trigger an emotion. And then the third pain volume factor is going to be how stress and anxiety of these emotions and these thoughts paired together are going to change your pain volume. Stress and anxiety are always going to change the pain volume. If you ever notice and take note of times where you've been incredibly stressed or you have had really high anxiety, you probably notice it on a physical level. You probably have more discomfort. You probably have more pain. You might even get sick. You may even have tense shoulders and muscle tightness and stiffness. And this is because it totally affects pain volumes. It affects you on a psychological, physical, social level. It 
covers it all. So if we can recognize this and we can apply it to our own unique pain cycle, we can then start to uncover it and realize the different patterns that are keeping us stuck instead of just continuing forward in the same pattern and rhythm that is just going to keep us more stuck in pain. So when pain feels worse, it's when your emotions are usually negative. I mean, it makes sense because emotions are energy and they do operate at different frequencies depending on the emotion. However, we do live in a society where we have been taught that certain emotions are good and certain emotions are bad. So for the purpose of this episode, I just want you to look at emotions as just emotions. And I'll explain more as we go through this episode a little bit further. But for now, just look at emotions as emotions. So there's different emotions that operate at a higher frequency. Those are going to be like your happiness, your love, neutrality, those kinds of things. And then you go down to the lower vibration emotions, which are going to be like shame and sadness and guilt and anger and frustration and shame. All of those are going to be operating at a lower frequency. And it's very similar to like music notes, right? So you have different music notes that are going to be at a higher frequency and then other ones that are at a lower frequency. Same thing with our emotions and they affect our body in different ways. And so when we are feeling more negative emotions, which are considered the lower vibration emotions, they can make us feel different changes within our body. We can often feel really heavy and very overwhelmed. And they're kind of like those deep, deep emotions that we don't necessarily like to feel, right? And so pain also feels worse when you are thinking about it and focusing on that part that hurts. Again, pain is a warning and alert system and it's trying to get attention to the spot that hurts. It's trying to get attention back to ourselves, but it is also a request for change. And if something is hurting and you're having that awareness and attention to it, a lot of the times we just focus on how much it hurts, how much it hurts, how much we can't do things, why we we can't do the things that we want to do because we are in so much pain. So that seems to be a different pattern. But if you look at it from the perspective of this is requesting a change, It could be a request in how you're thinking about your pain, what your pain actually means about you and your body and your capability. It could be a change in learning how to navigate those emotions when they come up and learning how to release them, learning how to understand what negative and positive emotions are going to feel and how different they feel in the body. So just be aware that when pain is coming up, it is requesting a change. And sometimes we have to play the detective to discover what it is that change is requesting. So this is going to be kind of like your pain dial pattern. So think of your pain as like a volume dial and depending on certain factors, it's either going to turn up the pain intensity level or it's gonna turn it down. So the most common cycle pattern that I see all the time and it's been researched in neuroscience and 
studies is that it's going to start with worried thoughts. We know that thoughts are going to be the thing that is triggered by a particular situation. And so when we have these worried thoughts, we're having high stress and anxiety that's going to trigger that emotion. And so when we're having this high stress and anxiety, it's actually going to cause the body to tense up. It's going to cause it to tighten because it is kicking on its fight and flight response, which is putting the body into a protective mode to protect from whatever it is. So this different signal from the body and the body tightening up, it's going to send those messages to the brain and then it's going to go to the pain dial and then the brain is going to interpret based on the surroundings whether or not how much or how little to amplify the pain and so that is how the pain dial gets turned on or turned off so an example for this is this was a big one for me when i was going through my chronic pain episodes when i was in college i had those worried thoughts of I'm broken, my body sucks, my body doesn't do what I want it to do, I will never get better, nothing's helping. And so these worried thoughts were swirling through my head. So it kicked up my stress and my anxiety because I was worried about all the things that was going on with my body. And so it caused my body to really tighten and tense up. It sent those messages up to my brain. And my brain is like, well, we're going to kick on the pain dial because what's going on internally is definitely a high stress situation. So we're going to turn up the pain dial to make sure that you know that you're stressed and we're going to make sure that you're, you're you're really noticing. So when this would happen, my pain would be a lot higher. I would remember that I would have different pain spots coming up. I usually had pain in my back and in my knees, but then it was starting to travel into my hips and then into my ankles. And then I would start to get like more massive headaches and everything. And my pain just started to amplify and amplify and amplify to the point that was that was literally all I was thinking. And so the worried thoughts would continue. My stress and anxiety started to kick back on. And then I would be really tight and tense from my body signals. Again, it would just repeat the cycle over and over and over and over again to the point where I would just go back to bed and be really miserable and isolate myself and basically feel sorry for myself and hopeless that like I would never ever get better. So this is a very, very common pattern that we see with a lot of people in pain. I mean, I was there for myself too. And when we are stuck in this pattern, it's going to affect how we behave, how we show up as ourselves when we are in pain. And so for me, when it came to the situation of trying to walk to school and I was having all these thoughts like, can I actually walk to school? My body's broken, high stress, high anxiety, body tenses up, sending signals to the brain. The brain is just like, we're going to turn up this pain. And so it would cause me to go back to my dorm room, isolate myself, cry it out, feel really bad and miss class to the point where like I was on academic probation because I was experiencing such intense levels of chronic pain. This is what chronic pain does. This is what the pain cycle does. It limits and inhibits you from doing the things that you want to do. And I really struggled in my life at this time for, oh, it was, it was a really long time, but not a fun place to be. And if you're there, I get it, but it's about understanding this cycle and having that awareness there for it. 
So this is going to lead me into the emotional cycle and how it affects the nervous system. So if you are unfamiliar what the nervous system is, basically a quick like little rundown is that it just transmits signals between the brain and the body. So it's like little messengers that goes through like your nerve endings and things like that um, that send messages up to the brain. Um, Little different touch signals are going to help you get messages to the brain a lot quicker and it basically transmits that throughout the whole body from the brain. I like to think of it as like a messenger from the brain. So when it comes to the nervous system, the nervous system is going to be tied to the body and the body is going to be the language of emotions. Emotions are the language of the body because prior thoughts are the language of the mind. So when we are bringing in the emotional aspect of it, we know that thoughts and emotions are going to be wired in a way that is a program that becomes automated in our subconscious. And for so long, we have been taught that the brain, which is the mind and the body, are to be treated completely separately. However, they're always communicating and interacting and exchanging information with each other all the time. So it'd be silly of us to treat these as separate things because they are one of the same. And when we are just treating one part of it, we're missing a totally other half that is very, very critical when it comes to the rewiring of the brain and desensitization of the nervous system. So when we are talking about emotions and how they're the language of the body, it means that emotions live in the body. Emotions are going to be the thing that you feel, that you notice. There's different sensations. I know for me personally, when I have anxiety, I have a really tightness and stiffness in my chest. Sometimes I have of stomach and digestion issues. I actually had clients that I worked with before that when they did have anxiety, they would have very intense GI issues to the point where they had to get medical examinations. This is how emotions can really, really affect us. I know when we are invalidating ourselves and are caught up in anxiety, we have a tendency to be kicking on headaches and migraines. That was very, very true for me. And if we're angry, our body becomes really hot. We get super tense and we don't really think clearly. When emotions come up, we feel them in the body. There's different sensations going on. And emotions that come up in the body is also a pain request. It's a request for change. When we're having these emotions coming on, they are information for us to understand and have an awareness. However, when it does come to those emotions, those lower negative emotions that don't necessarily make us feel that great, like anger and guilt and shame and sadness, we have a tendency to tie a meaning to them that when we express these certain emotions, that they automatically mean something about us as a person, not intentionally like what is actually going on with us internally. It automatically ties meaning to like our worth, our lovability, our enoughness. So for an example, if we are feeling angry, a lot of people tie the meaning of, oh, I'm out of control. I'm a bad person. I I can't 
deal with this. I can't be angry. I can't be angry. And then for somebody who is experiencing sadness or crying, they tie the meaning that it means that they are weak, that they're enough, that they're not capable, and that if they cry, it's a sign of weakness instead of actually what's going on internally with you. So this is why I'm explaining it here. And honestly, the emotional side of pain is something that I'm incredibly passionate about. It's like my favorite subject to talk about because it is not so commonly talked about, but it needs to be because we have been taught and conditioned that only positive emotions and happy, feel good emotions and feelings are only acceptable. They're the only things that are appropriate to express in the world. And that if we are expressing lower emotions like anger and sadness and guilt and shame, it means that we are out of control and that we're not professional and we're not put together and all these things. These are things that the world has put on us to basically have us fit in with the world in order for us to feel worthy, to feel loved, and to feel safe in a sense. Because when we are expressing those lower emotions, it doesn't necessarily feel safe because it's often looked down upon. So going back to those good versus bad emotions... For the concept of this show, and like I hope that you would take this with you into your life, is that emotions are just emotions. There are no good emotions. There are no bad emotions. Emotions are not logical a lot of the times. And every time that we try to make them more logical and more rational, and we can't, the more that we tie the the meaning of the emotion to us instead of being like, okay, this is like some information that's going on with me. It could be a sign of trauma. It could be a sign of like what's really deep down going on with what I actually want and what I'm actually doing, what I believe that I can't have. And so this is just, again, expanding your awareness. That way you can be aware of what is actually going on with you when you are experiencing these different emotions. Emotions are information, but they do not define you with whatever you are feeling in the moment. If you are having a meltdown and you're cursing up a storm and throwing shit around and everything, but you're by yourself, I mean, that just means that you're processing the emotion. And this is what I'm going to talk about with the emotional cycle. So with the emotional cycle, emotions go through their own completion cycle in order to get released from the body. And the reason why I bring up the good and bad quote unquote emotions that we feel is because a lot of the times when we are happy and we have these these emotions of love and affection and things that make us feel really good, we're allowed to express them. We're allowed to feel them. We're allowed to share them with other people. And so when that happens, that's great, right? However, on the opposite side of the spectrum, when we are feeling that we're not allowed to express that we are angry or express that we are sad or express that we are in a state of fear, we have a tendency to suppress them and we stuff them down. And it's like shoving a beach ball underwater. You could only hold it underwater for so long until the pressure starts to build to the point where it's going to pop up and smack you in the face. And a lot of the times when we do suppress these deeper, heavier emotions, it's because we are not able to contain all of that 
energy within us. Because again, going back to what I said previously, emotions are energy and they do operate at different frequencies. And when we are suppressing emotion, that takes a lot of of energy. It takes a lot of exertion and it can be exhausting. And so when the body can only handle so much, you're going to burst at the littlest thing that is going to trigger you. And it could be something really small as like your your partner or your spouse putting the toilet paper on the wrong way or spilt milk or whatever it is. When you get triggered like that, it's usually not the thing that's triggering you. That's the problem. It's all of these suppressed emotions that you weren't allowing yourself to feel. And when we suppress those emotions, we actually actually cause ourselves to only go through the emotional cycle halfway. When we go through the emotional cycle halfway, where do these emotions go? They don't go anywhere, so they continue to stay stuck in the body. And when they get stuck in the body, they're going to build up. They're going to bottle up until you actually take a look at them and can feel them and release them. And when you release them, and feel through it, that's when the emotional cycle can actually complete its course. That's when it can actually be released from the body because if it continues to get stuck in the body, that energy is going to be stuck in there. And then if it has nowhere else to go because you're constantly suppressing them and holding them down, it's going to show up in different ways. And it's going to have a definite impact on your physical health. This is going to show up as different illnesses, different pain spots, discomfort, a lot of pain for sure. I mean, I know for me when I was in college and I was in a very, very high stress situation and I just had to basically keep my head down and barrel forward, as soon as I was done with like my finals and everything, my body would be sick. I would be so sick for a couple weeks because I didn't allow myself to feel the emotions that I was going in. I was just suppressing them and just trying to make it through, go through the motions, basically in survival mode. And then when my body was to a point where it could process it, that's when my body actually forced me by getting sick. And then all of this pain started kicking on. And I'm sure if you notice that like when you're in a very stressful situation and you're suppressing those emotions and you're holding back and you're not allowing yourself to feel them, it's going to catch up with you later down the road. So that's just something to be aware of. And this is also called the stress cycle. This was something that was discussed in the book Burnout and it describes the stress cycle because even animals have their own stress cycle, their own emotional cycle that they go through. And so when emotions kick on, especially those like intense ones like fear, it's going to kick on your fight and flight response. And so for example, like a deer, if they're having like a really high stress situation and they're having this fear of an animal about to attack them and this deer is able to run and get away and in order to process that traumatic experience and to process that emotional fear that is coursing through their whole body, the deer will actually like stand there and allow themselves to process it by like shaking it out. And they'll just stand there and shake it out and allow their body to go through the course, allow the stress cycle to complete its course to get released from the body. That way it can automatically go about their day. And, you know, it doesn't have 
the baggage, so to speak, from that one experience that is carrying on into the rest of their their living, being a deer or whatever. And so you see this in the animal world, but you also see it with toddlers. And with toddlers, you're going to notice that they are full of emotions, right? And so, for example, like say there's a kid at a grocery store and this kid wants candy and his mom is just like, no, you can't have candy. And the kid just throws a complete tantrum, like face first on the floor, screaming at the top of their lungs, kicking, throwing a complete fit and just basically like losing their shit. And then after like a few minutes, once they run their course, they're fine. It's like nothing happened and they're able to go about it and go about their day not being affected by it. This is another prime example of a child completing the course of their emotional cycle because when you're allowing yourself to feel the emotions, it can be released from your body. There have also been studies shown that if you are allowing yourself to feel the emotion when it initially comes on, It takes about 90 seconds for you to feel that and have it run its course, and then you don't necessarily have to deal with it forever. It's when you are suppressing emotion on top of emotion on top of emotion on top of emotion that it becomes a little bit longer to process, and especially if you are not used to feeling your emotions and being aware of them and expressing them it can feel very, very uncomfortable because it seems very, very painful. However, those emotions are safe to feel. Yes, they may feel uncomfortable, but they are just sensations. And as you move through it, they're going to shift, they're going to ease up, and then they're going to be released from the body. Because a lot of the times we don't want to feel those emotions because they do feel painful. But this is another pain spot that is going to cause a lot of stress on the body. It's going to produce more cortisol, which is our stress hormone. And the more stress that we have in our body, the more cortisol that we are producing, the more that our immune system is weakened, the more clouded our thinking is, the more scattered we become. And so it just has a really, really huge impact on our living and especially in this case, pain. And so this is why I'm diving into the psychological part of pain is because this is this is a huge thing to be aware of because what is going on internally is going to have a massive impact on how we're feeling about ourselves and how we're interacting with the world. So now I'm going to share the link between emotional and physical pain. So we need to treat pain both emotionally and physically because Emotional pain is going to map the exact same in the brain as physical pain. Pain is a result of the mind and body working together and it's part of the limbic system in our brain, which is basically our emotional center in the brain. So there's different centers in the brain that are going to be firing that are going to be sending signals to the body and throughout the nervous system. And emotions are language of the body. So we've got to make sure that we're understanding that mind-body connection and how it pertains to us. And just know that the mind and body are always, always going to be connected. And if 
thoughts, beliefs, and emotions can amplify pain or reduce it, this means that you have more control over your pain than you realize. So just realize, I know that I threw a lot of information out to you uh, in this episode specifically and I can go a lot deeper but just understand that we have an emotional cycle and if we continuously suppress them it's not going to allow the emotional cycle to complete its course to release from the body and so it's going to manifest as physical pain it's going to show up as different physical ailments and discomforts and the more that we are able to release emotions from the body, we're able to grow and evolve. Because when it comes to evolving and growing and transforming as humans, it's through feeling emotions. We evolve through emoting. That's just a known fact that we do because it's it's so prevalent in everything. And it's how we are able to tune into our body. And It's about reconnecting to our body and it's having that request of change to allow yourself to feel the emotions and notice the sensations that are coming about. And the way that you can do this is through cognitive behavioral therapy techniques, um, somatic therapy techniques, mindfulness. This is definitely all stuff that I work through with my clients as well. And if you want to dive into this a little bit deeper, I highly recommend that you sign up for the pain freedom email tip that I send out weekly. It's going to be connected to the podcast episodes that come out and I'm going to have a really special one for emotions specifically that are tied to this one. So if you want to start learning how to address the emotions that come up, because I know that we have not been taught how to address the emotions that come up to allow them to complete their cycle and be released from the body. So if you want to learn how to do that, definitely sign up for the pain freedom email tip and I will get you hooked up. But anyways, that wraps up the psychological pain bubble and the emotional aspect of pain. And this is why it is so important to address the psychological part when it comes to pain because it is basically the root of it all. And it ties to the brain and the body and the mind-body connection. And once we understand this, and this information, nobody can take it away from us. We're more aware of the patterns and cycles that come about and we are able to decide for ourselves how to proceed forward, which is continue the same cycle or repivot in a new direction. So that wraps up this episode. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode and for expanding your own pain awareness. Every time you listen to this podcast, you are building new neural pathways in the brain to break out of the vicious pain cycle. If this episode served you in any way, I ask that you share it with somebody who you think would benefit so they can start breaking out of their unique pain cycle today. When we are educated and informed about pain, we are equipped and empowered to get out and stay out of pain. If you have any questions or thoughts, I'm here to help. You can direct message me on Instagram at the Katie Sutton. I'd be happy to personally connect with you so you can start unleashing pain freedom today.